Hi, we are the Fancy Football Fanatics. My name is Duncan and this week I'm joined by Ben in LA and Gary in Santiago. Welcome guys. We are coming off the back of double game week 19, looking ahead to uh, game week 20. It's the FA Cup weekend at the moment while we're recording, so it's kind of Sunday night. Um, But before we have a look back to game week 19, um, Gary, do you want to kick us off with your football moment? Um, of the week or maybe longer than the week because we haven't recorded for a while yeah I've I've been away for a little bit so I'm going to go back in time a couple of weeks Um, I think we've got to mention Sheffield United finally getting a win Um, it was kind of a pretty scruffy win against a 10-man Newcastle United thanks to a slightly fortunate penalty but uh, any win counts and um, I I've got to admire the endurance of their social media team because after the game they put out this really snazzy graphic um, about Chris Wilder's 100th victory as a, as a Sheffield United manager. And it's just the thought that they've been sitting on that graphic probably since about May and they <laughs> use it. So, uh, so congrats to them and uh, good job that they, uh, they remembered they still had it. Yeah, and what a way to do it. A scrappy penalty against Newcastle. Impressive stuff. Yeah, it was, it was kind of a, I think the Newcastle fans were going a bit ballistic to see that they uh, they go to Sheffield United and set up with like a 5-4-1. Um, and, and then Ryan Fraser got sent off, so it kind of became all-out defence. Uh, it's, it's quite an achievement to, 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 to play that badly. I, I think Steve Bruce might be on his last legs. Yeah, definitely. If you're going away to Sheffield United looking to scrape a point, that's pretty crazy, right? Um, ben, how about you? What was your football moment? Um, my football moment is a little bit more recent. Uh, it's a Liverpool-Burnley game. Um, and our favourite player from Burnley, uh, pod favourite, Ashley Barnes. Uh, prime shit housing um, from Barnes, uh, that game. Uh, just before halftime is like trying to needle, I think, Fabinho. It all kicks off. You have... Um, Klopp and Sean Dyke arguing in the tunnel, um, Burnley defending all game, and then he he wins he wins uh, maybe dubious penalty, but um, and then tucks it away to to get Burnley the win. And I was as I was watching that game, um, I was like, oh, I really hate playing, but you you know your team hates playing Burnley, but when you see them up in action against one of your, your rivals, you're like, oh, yeah, go on, Burnley. <laughs> <laughs> Shithouse um, the crap out of them. Uh, he, so that was my football highlight. He hasn't scored for a long time, I don't think, Ashley Barnes. And I also don't think, I think the two are linked, his shithousery and his lack of scoring, because I don't think his shithousery has been on form for a while now. He's not got a rise out of anyone for quite a long time. I think I think he needed he needed to get a rise. He needed to cause some some friction to actually get back into actual football scoring form. I think it's a great point. I think uh, the two are linked together. The same thing. It's a bit like Rooney back in the day. He had to be kind of uber aggressive, and when he was uber aggressive, he was also, you know, scoring goals. Um, my football moment of the well, yeah, kind of the week was the Arsenal Newcastle game. So it, it, we're, we're weirdly going round and round in circles. I know it feels like Groundhog Day for Arsenal fans normally, but we're playing Newcastle in the FA Cup and then in the league. Then we're playing Southampton in the FA Cup, then in the league. So every game feels pretty similar. But 
this one was a good one. It was the three nil win at home in the league, and uh, Saka was just awesome again. He is now our best player by a country mile, and makes everything kind of happen. He's getting returns now. He's got a goal. Smith Rowe again, looking really sharp, um, really classy. What a great touch he has, and kind of laying goals on a plate for Abamyang. And Abamyang getting two again. That's kind of quite a big deal for. Arsenal. So, yeah, that's unfortunately the end of the nice fixtures, which I think we'll see our form return to the kind of slightly dodgy, uh, inconsistent form. But it's been nice to get lots of clean sheets and some goals. So, hopefully, we can carry a bit of form through. What what kind of player is Smith Rowe, Duncan? I've not seen much of him yet. He's um he's really really neat and tidy. Um, his touch is a is really impressive. He's He's a bit like um, Van der Beek, if you've seen him play a bit for Ajax or Man United. Like he doesn't hold on the, to the ball for very long. He's a lot of one-touch passes. He's that kind of classic uh, Wenger, you know, edge of the box kind of combination play. Because he kind of came through under Wenger and then got a bad injury and um, was loaned out to a couple of places. But it's that kind of one-touch pass and move stuff. Um, yeah, he's... He's a good finisher as well. If he gets the chance, he hasn't been getting too many chances to score, but he's got a couple, I think. Um, so he's really neat and tidy. And if you've got the space for your fifth midfielder, he's a, a great one to have because maybe keep an eye on the Odegaard transfer from Real Madrid. There's talk about us loaning him, um, which would be competition for his place. But at the moment, it's definitely his place to lose. Um, yeah, well, without further ado, should we talk about our... Our game weeks, I think, top of the pile, surprise, surprise, is Ben. So, Ben, do you want to take us through what what was your score and how did you do? Yeah, so I got 130 points, uh, which is pretty good. And that has moved me up to my highest overall rank this season. So I'm now 12,000th. Uh, so pretty good. Um, my team weirdly was pretty well set up for the double game week without too much planning on my part i think the postponements and fixtures uh seemed to work out my way whereas i think some people who had planned more like matt with his wild card got kind of screwed so that was that was quite lucky um i i just did two transfers um one which really was a fortunate one was calvin lewin was red flag he was injured um and the most kind of most obvious replacement to me was um, Mikko Antonio, who had a really nice double game week fixture, West Brom and then Burnley. And then my other transfer was Son to De Bruyne, uh, which I had planned to do just to trip up on Man City for their fixtures. Um, the big debating point for me was, was I going to use a chip? Um mainly triple captain. Uh, I think you were a triple captain, Duncan. I decided not to do it uh, because Man City were the, were the team I was going to triple captain, but I, I just felt there wasn't enough days in between their two fixtures. So I thought I wouldn't risk it and just played, uh, uh, played no chips. So um, running through my team, um, I had Emmy Martinez, who got nine points, uh, Kufal with 12, Robertson with eight, and my entire game week was built on uh, Diaz and Stones 
um, who got 45 points uh, between them. I forgot John Stones was almost my was definitely my FPL highlight when I was watching that game. I was yeah. so happy, especially when the DS shot got parried into him. I was like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> Uh, what the FPL assist. Um, but, but then you were like, Ben in the group, checks to see who else has got John Stones in our mini league. Oh, everybody's got John Stones. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think everyone has John Stones in the game, but our mini league, for some reason, are all big fans of John Stones. Everyone has him. Um, my midfield was Grealish, Fernandez, De Bruyne, Salah, which didn't really do that much, uh, just kind of ticked along. And then, like I said earlier, Antonio and Bamford up front, and Antonio got me 18 points. Um, so I was pretty happy with that. So, yeah, it was a, it was a really good game week. Um, everyone kind of produced, really, apart from Mo Salah. Yeah, pretty good. And on the edge of the top 10K at this point in the season, that's pretty awesome. So, nice one, Ben. What is your conundrum for your team? Uh, my conundrum is, I think we'll probably talk a little bit later, is uh, De Bruyne is injured um, for a couple game weeks, I think, with a hamstring injury. So just basically trying to figure out a best replacement for him um, and kind of potentially what formation works best. Because I, I think there are a lot of options for De Bruyne, a lot of cheaper options anyway. I think, yeah, you're right. We're going to talk about De Bruyne replacements and Vardy replacements after we've done our kind of team reviews. But um, I think it's actually like six weeks he could be out for maximum, four to six weeks rather than two game weeks. Oh, wow. So, so yeah, it could be longer. It's not. It's definitely not a hold, I don't think. Yeah. Um, for me, I am holding on to your coattails, Ben, with 126 points and a minus four. Um, I kind of feel like the only way to catch Ben at the moment, because Ben's doing so well, is to have a very similar team to him and just <laughs> just try and get similar points and stay with you at the moment or keep the gap as it is at the moment, because if it grows, then that's kind of the season over. Yeah, our teams are really similar. Martinez, Kufal, double Man City defence, Diaz and Stones. My kind of wild card I brought in was... Uh, Craig Dawson from West Ham. I thought having double Man City defence and double West Ham defence was going to be awesome. And that's, to be fair, that's where a lot of my points came from, was from my defence. But, um, yeah, just and so annoying that West Ham conceded that kind of long-range goal that didn't look that likely against West Brom. Um, and Dawson didn't get on the end of anything because he has scored you know quite a few goals in the past when he was playing for Watford. Um, apart from that, Suchek, uh, that was your big weakness, Ben, but it didn't mm. work out. And he really looks like he's playing much more withdrawn now. Antonio's back in the team. I guess there's less of a need for a you know, a, a strong header of the ball now. Antonio's up there because he's, he's great in the air as well. Grealish, Salah, Fernandes, and then I triple captain De Bruyne, which looking at it now, 24 points. He got eight. Um, he got eight without the captaincy. 24 points for my triple captain is probably the biggest triple captain I think I've, or second largest triple captain I've ever had because normally I triple captain someone who gets one point in a double game week like Sane or Mane or anything that rhymes with them. Um, apart from that, the, my other 
transfer I brought in as well as Dawson was Jamie Vardy. So I've I've been cursed with both injuries, KDB and the Vardy injury, and Vardy doing absolutely nothing and looking in both games like he was crocked, basically. He was kind of hobbling through the second game. So it makes sense that he's gone off for an operation and he'll be one of our talking points as well, who to replace Vardy with. Um, yeah, so my, my conundrum is... De Bruyne was heartbreaking, wasn't it? I mean, whenever yeah. a player goes off in the 58th minute, sitting on a clean sheet, that's just like... Just yeah. It was brutal. And I was watching the game and I switched it off the second I saw his name come on to be substitute. I was so angry. I was just like, right, I'm not sure, not watching anymore. I've got two other players in this game, but I don't care. Um, yeah, it was really annoying. But to be honest, I think even if he'd stayed on the pitch, City weren't looking like they were going to do kind of um, do much against Villa. They did in the end without him, I guess. But um it didn't look like that at the time. Maybe they needed a bit of a change and Bernardo to step up and other players to kind of get involved because De Bruyne was looking pretty tired and jaded, I thought. Um, yeah, Gary, how was your game? Um, how was your game week and, and what's your conundrum? Uh, so it it wasn't bad by the normal standards, just not quite as stellar as, as you two guys. So I, I hit the triple figures. Uh, I got 111 points, um, but that was partly because I did the bench boost this week. And um, the bench boost turned out a little bit disappointingly, to be honest. I Basically, I had the three Leeds players who were only playing once, but I thought at home to uh, Brighton looked a friendly fixture. But in the end... Like Dallas, Bamford and Ailing just got five points between them, which was really disappointing. Um, I, I brought in Ariola from Fulham, uh, who did manage to at least get five points to make my bench, uh, bench boost marginally worth it. Uh, other than that, yeah, all, all my points were basically Man City. Um, so 45 points from Stones and Diaz and another 16 from De Bruyne as my captain. Um, I thought that game kind of passed me by. I'd been having a rotten week. No one had got any points. And then suddenly you check the team and, and Stones and Diaz had gone crazy with all the points. So it was a, it was a pleasant surprise. Um, and yeah, that, that's basically been it. I, I, it. It's been a very, I had a very close fought game in the cup. I uh, managed to go through in the end, 111 to 104. Is, uh, the, the, the guy I was up against uh, was relying on El Ghazi. He needed to get eight points on Saturday, and he only got one. So uh, it went right down to the wire. But I, I think he's probably a bit unlucky because his team's got lots of star performers like Justin and Antonio and Diaz. But just, just by virtue of not having stones, basically, I, I beat him. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, my, I guess my dilemma is... Um, well, we're going to talk about replacing De Bruyne a bit later, but I think kind of just for the double game week and playing the fixtures, I've got three strikers now that I don't really want. So <laughs> You've got Chris Wood. Where did yeah. he come from? Chris, yeah, I put him in for the double game week, even though they were quite hard fixtures. But uh, yeah, he just got a couple of two-pointers. Um, so I don't know if I want to keep Chris Wood. He's only scored three goals all season. Or even worse <laughs> than that, I've got Lacazette, who's quite pricey. And 
Wood could I mean, be dropped as well now. Yeah, um, he found a bit of form, but now I'm looking at Arsenal's fixtures and I'm not sure I, I want him. Uh, so, uh, and he, so, so even Bamford, my other striker, has gone a bit quiet. I think I'm going to stick with Bamford, but I, I, I need to get rid of Wood and, and Lacazette, basically. I, I don't know who for. Hmm. What do you reckon, Ben? Um, I, I hate recommending this player because I just want to keep him for my team. <laughs> but I think... <laughs> Antonio is such a good shout. He's so cheap. Um, 6.3 million. He will play every minute because they don't have any other strikers. Um, so, yeah, he's my... And it looks like, I mean, touch wood that his injury um, troubles have kind of gone away a little bit. He, he played... Yeah, I'm not sure about that. They can come back at any moment. Um, he, I mean, he played... He's been playing, like... You know, basically a full ninety for for quite a condensed game week. Everything kind of goes through him. Um, I mean, I'm interested to see if he'll be on penalties too. He is, that... acor- according to um, Fancy Football Scout, he's on pens. Yeah, um, and it's not as if their fixtures are getting that much harder. They have Palace, Liverpool, Villa, uh, pa- Liverpool, Villa hard, but then they have Fulham, Sheffield United after that. So it's not a terrible run. Um, so yeah, I think for six point three million, he is stand out to me. Um, definitely a lot better than Che Adams, who's the other striker I have in my team, who I, I just kind of want to get rid of. I agree. I, I must admit, I was I was thinking about Antonio, but yeah, I I think because of the De Bruyne problem, I would have to take a four point hit, and I wasn't quite sure. Going away to Palace, it's just there's not you. They don't usually concede many goals, so I think I'm gonna just stick with Wood for now. <laughs> I, I'm very tempted to putting Antonio. Yeah, you're so brave, Gary. Um, should we move on to our topics? Because I think um, we're going to cover our team conundrums with a lot of the topics. Um, so first up, it's KDB replacements. Um, do we all have KDB? We do, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Ben, I'll come to you first as as the man in, in form at the moment. Yeah, I think um, as I was thinking through this, there were two kind of ways you can go. I think one is like-for-like replacement. So you keep your team structure pretty much the same and you go for another big hitter that you don't have. Kind of um, Sterling, because yeah. that's the same team, same kind of price. Yeah, like Sterling, um, potentially Son. I don't have Son in my team, and he is still the second top scoring uh, midfielder. Um, potentially Rashford, I think, is in that kind of premium um, range, and I don't have Rashford. Um, so that's one route you could go. Uh, the other thing I was thinking was, um, you go City because I think City's fixtures are still really, really good. Um, they've got West Brom, Sheffield United, Burnley coming up. But you go with the player who is, you know, in form for them and scoring all the points, which is Gundogan. Uh, 5.5 on penalties. Uh, is he for sure? Well, I don't know. Like, if De Bruyne injured, Aguero injured, he took them one against. His form, palace. his form is crazy. He yeah. scored five goals 
in eight games? Yeah. Seven games? It's crazy. Um, and I did a little bit of research and it definitely like from the heat maps of like he is in a more advanced position now. I was looking at how many shots he's taking and he takes a lot of shots, especially the last two games, like over five or six shots in each game. Um, so definitely like in a more advanced role. Um, definitely first team, I think, because he was rested completely for the FA Cup fixture. Um, the other shout I'll throw out there is Phil Foden, who um, a couple be- weeks back had a 14-point haul against Chelsea and then an 11-point haul. I fancy he'll play a lot more now that De Bruyne is um, injured. Pep has been talking him up in the press. He obviously um, played really well in the FA Cup and kind of won them that game. Um, so he's a bit more of a... Actually, they're both kind of a little bit punty, but... Um, Gundogan's form is crazy, though. Gundogan's form is crazy. I think I'm go- probably going to go Gundogan. Great. I'm glad we're going to be so similar again, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just have six million just sitting on my bench. And... Yeah, it's going to be tempting to burn points, isn't it? Um uh, spend a, a minus four I, I mean yeah I think you've kind of covered a lot of it there my initial thought was Rashford just because they've got the nice fixture because it's Sheffield United at home and then I could double up with Fernandes and Rashford captain and vice captain and, and feel really confident um, yeah bringing in Son for Liverpool away as or Liverpool at home sorry is not that tempting I don't think Um so of those two, I'd think Rashford would be my pick. And I feel like Man United have got better fixtures over the kind of medium term than Tottenham for sure. Um, yeah. And then apart from that, Man City does seem sensible. I, I was assuming Sterling was the main pick, but I really like your Gundogan shout. Foden, Foden would scare me just because of the rotation risk. But Gundogan... Uh, from his minutes, looks like he's you know first name on the team sheet at the moment. So, what do you reckon, Gary? So, so for me, I I kind of I've already got Fernandez, Rashford, and Son, so I kind of discounted them. So I, basically, my plan was to do a bring in a big hitter for for De Bruyne. Um, on the Liverpool front, I'm a little bit nervous about their form. They, I mean, they've been doing so badly of late. So that ruled out Mane and Salah, but they were two kind of obvious ones. Um, I was kind of tempted by Aubameyang just because at the start of the season, I was thinking he is going to be like the top point scorer this season. He's going to be like the, the must-have player. And he's been so quiet. And now he's scored a couple of goals. Um, so I, I thought about it, but I just... I just don't like Arsenal's fixtures very much. I mentioned I've already got Lacazette, who I don't really want. So having going a for the double up, <laughs> quite a short-term move for the next few weeks, which is Southampton away, Man United at home, Wolves away, Villa away. Um, yeah, then Leeds, Man City, Leicester. Like it's really the next, the, the, the kind of the spell that De Bruyne is going to be out for these kind of six weeks. Arsenal do not have good fixtures, um, so. The couple of more like like the other left field one I was thinking was Madison from Leicester, just because um, Leicester have got some nice fixtures coming up. Uh, maybe not this week; they're away at Everton, but after that, Leeds at home, Fulham away, Wolves away, um, and you kind of feel with Vardy out, 
Madison will have a bit of an extra onus on him to be like the creative player and to score some goals. Um, but in the end, I've, in the end, I think I'm going to go um, back to Sterling, who Ben mentioned at the start. I, I think the, the simple reason for me is Man City have the easiest fixtures. They're the form team at the moment. And the onus will, I think, now be on Sterling to score the goals that, that De Bruyne would, would have been scoring otherwise. So, um, and I, I kind of get what you're saying about Gundogan and Foden, but I, I kind of feel like success for them is getting a goal, whereas Sterling has a higher ceiling. Like, he could, away at West Brom, conceivably get a hat-trick. I know it's not, I know it's unlikely, but he maybe once or twice a season, he will just burst into form and get a hat-trick. And I don't think any of the other players I've mentioned uh, seem very likely to do that. Yeah, I agree. You just have to pray that he's not on penalties if you do pick him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, other, the other thing to say was, that looking at the FA Cup, both Gundogan and Sterling were rested. So it looks like the plan is to play them. I think with Foden, he played the whole game against Cheltenham. So he might be a rotation risk for Bernardo Silva. Yeah, and there's Torres as well, and Mares. So there's a kind of competition for those places, right? Um, okay, yeah, that, I think that really kind of covers it pretty well. Um, so me and Ben being similar again, and, and Gary going for a bit more left field, but definitely someone who can really be explosive. What about Vardy replacements? Um, is there anyone apart from Antonio you'd recommend, Ben? Oof. I think there's dearth of striking options at the moment um the only thing i was thinking was if you don't have kane already trying to get back up to kane might be good after this liverpool game because uh, then they have brighton uh they have brighton chelsea west brom after that um was the only thing i was thinking i don't have any special left field thoughts here really it's it's tricky in strikers, isn't it? There's um, not a lot going on this season. What I, do you reckon, Gary? Have you seen any? I could throw in a couple of names. I, I think um, a lot of people have transferred out Calvert-Lewin recently, um, but he's come back from injury now. He's supposed to be playing tonight. Um, so once he's got a few easy goals against Sheffield Wednesday, uh, his confidence <laughs> might be up. Um, so... Yeah, and his fixtures are quite nice. So, I mean, yeah, he's got Leicester at home next week. But after that, you've got Newcastle at home, Leeds away, Manu away, Fulham at home. So out of those, there's only really the Manu game that's hard. You've got Newcastle, Leeds and, and Fulham. So there could, be a, there could be a good chance of doing something there. Um, the, the other one to mention I just thought was uh, Ollie Watkins from Villa. Um, I had him briefly at the start of the season. He's had, he's had a bit of a goal drought, but he scored against Newcastle. And Villa are quite a nice team. They create quite a few chances. So he's a, he's a bit of an Antonio rival at 6.1. I like, I like the Antonio shout. Sorry, not Antonio. The Watkins shout because um, it it's kind of... If you've got that that need to replace Vardy, you're kind of forced into a transfer, but you're also planning ahead for doubles because I think we'll come on to the double game weeks um, soon. But Villa are one of the teams who have two doubles coming up. You know, they've got two games that they've missed that need to be fitted in somewhere. And if you're bringing that player in who's got good fixtures anyway and some good form, then you're kind of planning ahead, aren't you? Yeah, and you see... He's a bit like Antonio in that I think Watkins is part of the first team. They don't really have another striker, so um, you'd expect him to play if fit. 
Yeah, I totally agree. Um, shall we have a quick chat about double game weeks then? Um, so I've I've done a bit of looking into this, and I've gone and had a look at Ben Krellin's spreadsheets. Um, so if you want to delve further into this, then I recommend going and finding Ben Krellin on Twitter and having a look at his Google spreadsheets and all of his tweets and stuff. But just looking in the short term, there's this season I'm finding really difficult for double game weeks because normally we have, you know, one or two double game weeks. You know, in quite good time that they're coming up, and you have an idea who might be involved, and you can kind of plan. And it is a bit of a, it does take a bit of brain power and a bit of like you know you have to have a spare evening and sit down with a spreadsheet. But you only do it once or twice a season, and it's quite good fun. Whereas this season, it seems to be almost constant, especially over Christmas and things are changing and games are getting postponed. I'm finding it a bit worrying. So just, I'm just going to look at the short term from what Ben Crellin's found. So he said essentially, based on Man City's win against Cheltenham, which wasn't looking like it was going to happen until right at the end, um, that he said that he thinks that Everton versus Man City or Man City versus Southampton is likely to be in game week 24. So that's all the more reason to do what you two are suggesting, which is to change De Bruyne for another Man City player rather than moving to Sun or Rashford or anything like that. Then keeping your triple City um, is is sensible because it's, it's likely that they could have a double in game week 24 um, and you'd fancy them against Everton or Southampton. Um, also in game week 23... Sorry, so that's game week 24 for Man City. Game week 23, based on this weekend, and if you're listening to this pod, you'll probably know these results by now. We don't, these games haven't happened yet. If Wickham beats Spurs, then Aston Villa versus Tottenham could move into game week 23. That's pretty unlikely. Um, but if Sheffield Wednesday beat Everton, then Aston Villa versus Aston Villa versus Everton can move into game week 23. So of those two kind of uh, things happening, the likelihood is that Aston Villa are in both of those. So Aston Villa are likely to get a double game week in game week 23 if Wickham win or if Sheffield Wednesday win. Those are both upsets because they're both playing Premier League teams. But if either of those happen, then it's worth having Aston Villa. And like Gary was saying, Ollie Watkins is one of those players. They're going to get doubles at some point. So having them um, makes sense. Then there's... Another one, this is uh, slightly more complicated. So if Sheffield Wednesday and Wickham both win and Burnley beat Fulham, how is how is Burnley-Fulham going at the moment? Okay, Burnley have beaten Fulham, so this could happen. Um, so if those two cup upsets ha- happen, um, then Aston Villa versus Everton and Fulham versus Tottenham could move into game week 23. So you'd have Villa players doubling, uh, Everton players doubling, Fulham and Tottenham players doubling. Um, so that's definitely something to keep in mind. You can go and check that now because I'm, I'm sure those games will be finished or nearly finished. The other thing is um, Leeds and Southampton, a lot of the talk before this um, double game week when their fixture, the double game week fixture got cancelled between these two was that it might be in game week, moved to game week 23, but that's not going to happen anymore. I think because... Um, Southampton won against Arsenal and progress in the FA Cup. So that's not looking likely anymore. So if if you are getting bored of Bamford, like Gary was saying, is potentially happening, then maybe you've got a bit more time 
to move him out and then move him back in at a later date. Um, one final thing is is Man City. So as well as getting a potential double in game week 24 that I discussed, um, Man City, because they have so few weeks when they're not in Europe or the FA Cup or any other kind of competitions, it's quite difficult to fit in the games that they've missed so far. So it, it's becoming likely, Ben Crellin thinks, that their blanks are going to move. So they'll have double game weeks in 24, 26 and 27. So all pretty soon. Um, so it makes sense to triple up on City. Um, so that's if they reach the FA Cup finals, um, then that's likely to happen. Because, yeah, because those those midweeks are in at a premium for Man City. So, yeah, all the more reason to go for Gundogan or Sterling or Foden. What do you just guys... A, just imagine how many points John Stones is going to score in these game weeks. I know. <laughs> Crazy, man. What do you guys think? Because one of my strategies was um, uh, moving uh, De Bruyne to Rashford or Son or someone like that and then bringing in Cancelo for the triple up at Man City at the back. Cancelo, Diaz and Stones. And then maybe in some of the fixtures, these fixtures they've got coming up, you know, West Brom away, Sheffield United, Burnley, captaining Cancelo for the clean sheet and potential assist points. He's looked so attacking in the last few games. Gary, what do you think? That's that's more in your wheelhouse than Ben, I feel. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I went Man City defense, double defence quite early. Um, I, I can see the logic in perhaps having three because they, they seem to have decided that they're just going to try and dominate the ball, it seems, and, and restrict the chances to the other teams. So um, the, the only risk is that when you... So it's an opportunity when you have all these doubles ups, double ups with Man City, but the reason all, all those double ups are happening is because they have a lot of fixtures in a short space of time. So you just think that the rotation is just going to come in more and more as we get into this part of the season. Yeah. Um, so maybe going for a Sterling or a Gundogan is, is a safer pick than picking all three of those defenders that's fair enough um what do you guys think about those there's a lot of double game week information i've thrown at you anything that you can pick out from that ben no that was helpful because i i haven't been following um and that's because over planning this last double game week actually hurt most people so i was like <laughs> maybe i'll just you know do whatever and, and luck out again um I think the triple city makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm not someone who likes to triple defenders. I think you want a little bit of coverage for City's attack. Because I'm just wondering, like, there may be a time where their attack also starts to click, in which case you definitely want um, some attacking coverage. Uh, the Villa one, I, I also think is a good shout. Um, the, the, the biggest regret I have of the whole season so far, which I can't say much because I'm doing pretty well, is... Um, I don't even know his first name. Is it Jed or Jeb? Jeb Steer? Oh, God, um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The, the Aston Villa backup. And now, and that, I chose him at the beginning of the season because I was like, I'll do Martinez and Steer in case Martinez gets injured. But he's like effectively now blocked me getting Watkins. Um, so hopefully I'll figure that out in the next couple of weeks because I, I do agree, Ollie Watkins, I think it's a really good shout, especially if he has a double. He had a goal disallowed as well against um, uh, Newcastle as well. So he looked pretty lively. Um, 
so yeah, I think uh, triple Villa, triple City, it's not a bad idea. Yeah. And, and shout out to Jack Grealish, who is still ticking along. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Even when he's not the star of a game, he still gets an assist, doesn't he? Um, what about Liverpool? I think this is a topic you wanted to bring up, Ben. Yeah, I don't think many people have the luxury of you know, removing Salah, Mane, maybe their Liverpool defenders, but um, this, this is Salah's last five games. Two points against West Brom, three against Newcastle, two against Southampton, three against Man U, one against Burnley. And there were some easy fixtures in that run. So it's kind of uh, shocking. Um, Liverpool's fixtures coming up. Uh, Tottenham away, West Ham away, Brighton, Man City, Leicester. Actually a lot harder than their last five. Um, I also have Robertson in my defence, who you know, is picking up the odd clean sheet. But really, because, I mean, because they're not scoring any goals, his attacking uh, potential has gone down quite a lot. So, yeah, just wondering what people are thinking about Liverpool players, if they think they'll, their rut will continue. Um, I think my point of view is I don't really have the luxury of removing them. And I think they're just too good a team for this to continue. And eventually they'll, eventually they'll start scoring again because they, they are normally a really strong attacking team and they have, they have the players... Um, I'm hoping that they'll get it together, not in the FA Cup against United, but maybe it's Tottenham away, um, find find their goal-scoring form again. But wondering what people think. Definitely not a captaincy shout anymore, I feel like, in the next five. I think um, looking at Fancy Football Scouts' kind of season ticker for the fixtures, they're rated as the, the worst fixtures over the next six game weeks. And that's that's pretty damning but also for captaincy like you said Ben not a lot of captaincy options over those six game weeks apart from game week 22 where they play against Brighton at home and apart from that for captaincy kind of contenders the only other big team with a a good fixture is probably Man City with Burnley away but I don't really fancy a Burnley away captaincy on a Man City attacker so that's the only kind of captaincy shout I'd say for Liverpool over the next six but that's quite a good one because there isn't a lot of other competition in that game week I I would say for me I've only got Salah from Liverpool so he's a hold for me because I've got KDB I've got Vardy I've got other things I need to deal with and also having that captaincy in 22 is nice but the I would not hate at all if people had Trent or Robertson and they wanted to get in a Man City defender like Cancelo for these next three brilliant fixtures for the Man City defence. I think that that move makes absolute sense. Um, So, yeah, I think if you've got that, do it because now is the time and there's a lot of budget to free up as well. It's it's really strange what's happened, isn't it? Because Liverpool went absolutely crazy away at Palace, who don't usually concede many goals and scored like seven, one seven nil. And ever since then, they've got they've got one goal in five games. It's, it's like they used all the goals up for the month in that <laughs> Palace. But I I do think that Salah, his points total up until five weeks ago was flattered him a bit. Like he seemed to be getting a lot of really soft goals or penalties, or he he just didn't quite seem to be playing as well as the, the, 
the return that he had. Um, so I feel like that's caught up with him a bit. I mean, you, you'd think like a, um, quality players like Salah and Mane um, would come good. But I mean, if, if you were trying to think of harder games, I mean, Tottenham away, West Ham away, like both two teams that are hard to beat and they put a big emphasis on defence. Um, even Brighton at home, they, they the, the way Brighton play, they don't tend to concede that many goals. They, they, you don't only tend to beat them 2-0 if you do. Um, then they got Man City and Leicester, like two of their main rivals for the title. So is it, it, it's that's why I didn't think about bringing any Liverpool players in. Um, the one other Liverpool player to talk about, I'd say, is, is Alexander-Arnold. I mean, he's, he's had one of the biggest falls from grace, like 210 points last season. And this season, he's, he's barely done anything. He's got, what, two assists, that's it. He got 15 last season. So, um, yeah, it is, so it's whether you take a punt on saying, a bit like Aubameyang did last week, like these players are class and the, the class will out, or whether, whether Liverpool will have a bigger structural problem. What are you going to do, Ben? You've got, you've got Robertson, right? Yeah, I'm going to stick with him for a bit. Um, yeah, the, I feel like because I already have the double Man City defence, <laughs> there honestly aren't a lot of options, really. And I also have Kufal from West Ham, who I'm happy with. Um, I just, the only, the only big hitter that would seem tempting to me if their fixtures were a bit better was Tierney. Um, but Arsenal's fixtures too are pretty tough as well, so um, I may just stick with Robertson right now. Um, also, one of the interesting things this season I'm finding is like, especially with De Bruyne out right now, like budget really isn't an issue. It's just kind of like, w- which team do you think will is the best? Um, and there aren't a ton of premiums that are are doing really well either. Um, so yeah, I think. I'm just going to stick with Robertson until something, um, another player emerges, I think. I'd say one player to consider, or one team to consider, they're on pretty terrible form, but their fixtures defensively are awesome. It's Chelsea, and they've got premium assets in defence. So they've got Wolves at home, Burnley at home, Sheffield Wednesday, Sheffield United at home. Sorry, Gary. Sorry. Sheffield United away, Newcastle at home. Uh, on the next five, so that's that's pretty nice. Um, and Chilwell has been pretty awesome this season, so I'd say that's a decent shout. If you're going just based on fixtures, you could switch from one poorly performing defense to another one, but one, <laughs> one with better fixtures. Uh, I tell you what, one one shout in the Chelsea defense who I absolutely love at the moment is Rudiger, 4.5 million. I know Zuma was doing so well from an FPL standpoint, like scoring a goal every game, and Lampard drops him for Rudiger. Do you know why he dropped him? It was brutal as well. He said in his press conference he wanted more personality in the in the defence. Yeah, then they, then they lose to Leicester 2-0. There you go. Yeah, there you go. There's your personality. But if he stays in the team, which it looks like because uh, Zuma and Christensen have started in the FA Cup, then... 4.5 in the Chelsea defence. It's not much of a risk, is it, for those fixtures? Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of Liverpool. We're moving away from Liverpool. So um, I've, got we... 
Ben, if that's okay, I just wondered if, if you do keep Robertson, would you consider benching him, looking at those two tough fixtures, or do, do you have to play him because he's he's worth so much? Oh, I'm a I'm a like you have to play you have to play your big hitters. I play them regardless of the fixture. Um, ben does not triple up on defenders, and he does not drop his big hitters. Yeah, Gary. I think from what I remember, Gary is the one who will who has the the balls to drop yeah. his stars. Like I'm I'm the type of manager that you gotta play your stars. You gotta keep them happy, you know. I've, Otherwise uh, their morale goes down. I'm currently sitting with Lacazette on my bench, so uh, yeah, it's <laughs> foolish or brave. I don't know. That that makes perfect sense to me as an Arsenal fan, but uh, I wouldn't have him in my team. Um yeah. Get him out, get him out. Um should we have a look at the listeners' league and see how people have got on? I think for once this is actually pretty much settled because the game week's finished. We're normally waiting for it to update. So, Gary, do you want to take us through the listener league? Uh, yeah. So it's a, it's as we mentioned, it was a good week for Ben, and he is is kind of ri- rising up the listener league as well. He's up to third. Um, so. In first place, uh, we got new leader Nick Jones with the Monsters. Uh, he got 122 points and he's on 1,262. Uh, six points back is Morten Lingbo with FPL Nordic. And then um, 19 points off the top is Ben with uh, Rappers Delict. And rounding up the top five is uh, Ricard Westin with Mad Dog Earthy. And Dag Inga Stenhaug with Stenhaug United. And so, so yeah, still all to play for at the top. Um, the top point scorers this this week. Uh, so, honourable shout out to Son of a Ziyech, who got 131. And so, just beat Ben by uh, five points. And his team, obviously, with Stones and Diaz, he's got Luke Shaw, who got 10 points, which was a, an unusual one. And and Koo fell on the bench with twelve points. That's got to hurt. <laughs> um, then, but but the top scorer uh, was actually um, Hans Christian Hanakam Fossheim with uh, his points disciples of HC team. So he got one hundred and thirty eight points uh, thanks to a De Bruyne triple captain and the dream defence of Diaz Stones Kufal. Uh, plus Wambasaka, Saka, Grealish, Kane, yeah, pretty much, uh, pretty much everyone. I guess Son was the only disappointment he had with five points. Everyone else got at least eight points, so that's a really strong uh, week, and has got him, um, got him up, up the league into the well, almost into the top half, is into fifty fourth in our league. Nice one. Um, that reminds me, we we haven't talked. Uh, that much about Saka, but surely he is the best fifth midfielder in the game, and you probably just want to play him every week. I would say, yeah, he is. He is a player to play every week. the The issue is, like we've talked about a lot, is Arsenal's fixtures. But he is Arsenal's best player by a mile. He's on a lot of the set pieces as well for Arsenal. Not he's not brilliant at set pieces, but but he's better than anyone else because uh, he's taking them. So. Yeah, he is a, a brilliant fifth or fourth midfielder, I would say. Maybe you put Smith Rowe as your fifth. Maybe not. That's uh, another Arsenal double up, like uh, Gary's double up potential. Um, yeah, 
if if you have a space, then bring him in. But he's not a player that you need to prioritise with those fixtures. I've gone slightly differently on my fifth midfielder. I've gone with uh, Adimola Luckman, and I think he's quite a fun player to have. I mean, he scored against Man U uh, last week. He, he got an assist against Tottenham the week before, and he, he seems to be like playing playing up front. So for five million, a midfielder playing up front, I think he's quite an exciting one. So I'm gonna I think I'm gonna stick with Luckman. Two double game weeks coming up for Fulham as well. Um, so another reason to to keep him in your team, Gary. I also like Luckman because he's like footballer whose surname is good good advice in general for life I'd, I'd, I'd say he's, he's he's behind only Danny Drinkwater for um <laughs> what's it what's the advice behind his name just look look man <laughs> <laughs> look where I, you're I, going I was just gonna say Gary you should amass a team with uh Sterling and Lugman a team who's just really bad at penalties oh yeah and Ollie Watkins is in there as well yeah <laughs> Penenka Kings um, if you don't follow us on Twitter uh, give us a follow at FPL FF Fanatics and if you like the show uh, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts uh, we'd really appreciate it and it would help other people find us um, so I think it just leaves me to say thank you for your insight Ben you're welcome yeah it's been a while since we've done one of these and it? it was fun we should do it again we should definitely do it again sometime. <laughs> Thank you for your insight, Gary. Uh, my pleasure. And we will speak to you soon. Um, yeah. I'm all right now. I'm fine. It's just the isolation thing. But yeah. um, I'm out on Tuesday, so I'm going to celebrate. Good stuff. Nice one, guys. All right. Bye, guys. Right. See you Speak later. to you soon. Bye.